There's a lot to Jess Judd. The Loughborough human biology student has a PhD firmly in her sights, adores both Bruce Springsteen and the Leeds rhinos, and has two rabbits and a cell culture to call her own. She's also, thankfully, or my interviewing her about athletics might have made a little less sense than I'd have liked, one of Britain's hottest middle distance talents. To list Judd's achievements would be an almighty undertaking, but to give some idea of her prodigious talent, she is our fastest ever under 17, 1500 and 3000 metre runner, broke two minutes for the half mile in only her second year as an under 20, has won two global age group medals, reached Commonwealth and European finals while still a teenager, and probably has more national cross country and track goals than her culture has cells. Translating junior into senior success is no mean feat, more on that later, and there were a few tough seasons, missing out on world championship and Olympic selection, and stalling in her previously relentless rewriting of her personal bests in 2015 and 16. Jess has, however, rediscovered her mojo and then some. This summer in London, the first heat of the women's 1500 metres provided far more excitement than any opening round had any right to, as Jess showed her class in a rammed field, lopping one and a half seconds from her PB and reaching her first global semi-final. This weekend she represents Great Britain at the European Cross Country Championships so we thought we'd have a little bit of a catch-up. Probably the first thing I think about when I think of you which is that I once heard the story that you run with your hair down because when you were a junior you lost a hair tie or you forgot a hair tie or something like that and you ran a race with your hair loose and you won the race and ever since then it's become maybe something that's superstitious or just force of habit why is it that you run with your hair loose yeah I think um I've always I always remember just running with it down um and then I I tied it up once um and didn't I didn't run well at all and then I thought oh I won't I won't put the hair up I'll, I'll keep it down and then ever since then I think I've probably had more bad races with it down, but it's, I, I just always assume that I'm going to run better with it down. So I just, yeah, keep it down. And um, when I started running, like when I was about 10, I think I just, I, I had short hair, so I never had to tie it up. And then as it's got longer and longer, I just thought, no, I'm still not going to tie it up. Because, <laughs> yeah, it's definitely getting longer. And I have seen you with it up a few times recently, particularly in the winter, when obviously you want an ear warmer or something to keep your ears from freezing off it would annoy me like nothing else so I can't believe that you're able to do it yeah well I uh in the winter yeah I always I tend to tie it up if I have a headband on um but I don't know I think I've got used to it like the feeling of it and when I actually tie it up that feels worse like that annoys me more like the ponytail swishing around so I think <laughs> it's an odd one but yeah I tend <laughs> to just keep it down but yeah after the world that was all anyone like was talking about like how does she rub her hair down like it's just I don't know I'm just used to it I guess (laughs) maybe it's a don't knock it till you try it thing because I would never think to run with it down but who knows maybe I'll go out to have my hair loose and it'll be the best run of my life yeah I think it's it's nice like I quite like it but when I was in uh Taipei then I had to tie it up it was so hot um so I guess I'm just used to like the British weather so I never really have to tie it up (laughs) Yeah, I noticed you went for the French plats there, which I think in that weather, given that most of the British athletes seem to be in ice vests after their races, you probably had the right idea there. Yeah, it was really nice, actually, because I, I don't know how to plat, but um, Adele Tracy did, so she was <laughs> she was really nice and tied it up for me. And um, But yeah, that was definitely the hottest I've ever ran in, so I was glad that I had it up. <laughs> Are you superstitious in any other ways? Have you got any other little quirks or foibles? Um, yeah like with my spikes um my dad used to tie my laces uh for me and then that 
obviously oh. we had to stop that when I started getting to the bigger races and he couldn't come into the <laughs> call up area <laughs> um but yeah he always used to tie my laces just because um and it, like when I was running for Essex at like the inter-counties and I was like uh 12 13 um a girl lost her shoe and we were like oh that you know we'll make sure that won't happen to us so we used to tie them in loads and loads of knots um and now I still tie them that way, but just I do it rather than him, which is probably good because I guess it might look a bit strange. So <laughs> I don't know. It's quite lovely. And I love the way that you said us just then, because another thing I really associate with you is that you are so your team is so established around you. You've got clearly your, your boyfriend, your sister when she's not in the States, your dad. You've got Team Judd, which I often hear you use as an expression, or see you use rather, on social media. You've really got that core unit. Is that an essential part of your training and your performance? Yeah, I think so. It's very much like a family thing. Um, my Yeah, my dad's been great, and he's, yeah, we've got a really good team going, and um, it's it was difficult, obviously, with him based in Essex and me based in Loughborough. Um, but I think just us being that close anyway is, you know, it helps a lot more. And I can be totally honest with him if I'm feeling rubbish or if I'm feeling great or, you know, it's just a really open relationship. And then um, obviously he coaches, uh, yeah, my boyfriend Rob as well, which is, is really nice. So we do all our sessions together here. And then... Um, he also coaches like my sister, my stepsister, and my stepmom. So it's a really like close knit family thing, which I kind of take for granted. But then, yeah, that is really unique, and we don't really realise it. And you know, like going to the European Cross, um, like my stepsister's on the team as well, Kai. So you know, it, it's weird. Like he only coaches about like what is it, five people or something. But yeah, that we all do quite well. So it's it's really nice. And I think cross-country season is particularly nice when you've got a team like that because you, know, you can't all compete in the same track race. There isn't space on a track and the track competition system, the hierarchy there doesn't allow it. But I imagine there are weekends when every single one of you is racing at the same park or forest. Yeah, it's. I, I think my dad like dreads those races because he's just so <laughs> nervous all day. Like, oh. And, you know, because obviously Kai and Jodie are in the younger age groups and then me and my stepmom Sally are in like the senior women's and then Rob's in the senior men's so you know if there's something like a race on we're all at different times of the day so it's like once one's over then you can't relax until the next one's done and like Liverpool just gone it was a nightmare because from like 11 or 12 he was just on edge all the way through to about three so <laughs> um oh, but yeah he, he really enjoys it and I'm really lucky to have him as like my coach but then I'm also really lucky at Loughborough to have you know like a strength and conditioning coach and a drills coach who like see me twice a week um so I have other you know people there to help me out and do things which is really nice sounds like sometimes he has a harder day than you even if he's not running just from being on edge from whenever it'll be like 9 a.m till 4 p.m yeah whatever your setup is that you've got going on at the moment and I'd like to talk about Loughborough briefly a bit later it's clearly working I don't know has anyone recently read out what you've done in 2017 so far has anyone kind of said it to you in one chunk because if not I'm about to do it and I think you're going to like it yeah no no one said it (laughs) okay so for the benefit of you and the listeners Bucks Cross Country Bronze, English National Champ, British Cross Challenge winner in Cardiff. You come third in two professional road races, two box golds, bronze at the World University Games, Loughborough International win. You reach the semi-finals of a World Championships with an enormous personal best and a British silver medal. 
like your season has been the stuff of dreams and I think everyone in the athletics community can wholeheartedly say that that's been something they've loved to watch considering it's off the back of a couple of by your really lofty standards quite tricky years what's been the highlight of that illustrious list of achievements yeah uh, it's I think like just hearing it it's like we kind of take it for granted but then I think when I like look back at last year and the year before and how hard it was yeah it just feels so much better but I think my best race was probably the British trials um I was so so nervous for that because I think I knew I was in good shape um training had been going really well and just the year before I'd had a terrible race at the trials and I, I can't even remember where I finished but I, I don't think I was yeah I wasn't in the same race as the people you know that I wanted to be in like they were so much further ahead and <laughs> it was just so disappointing but um yeah, this time my dad, you know, right before the race, he just said you can go out and you could make the team. And we got quite emotional actually before. Um, and then it just worked. And yeah, I was so happy. It was, yeah, it was amazing. It must be lovely to have Laura there, someone who runs in quite a similar way to you, so that you knew you could just take it out, run an honest race, lay that marker down. Yeah, I remember watching the coverage and it clearly meant an awful lot to you. Although you then had to turn it around and come back later. <laughs> to run the 5,000 metres, which is just absolutely mad, but not something that is was alien to a Jess Judd fan because one of my first ever commentary gigs was at Bucks Outdoor Championships this year and I watched you running both the eight and the five and Tony Minicello and I were actually in the clubhouse talking about it in between your two races and he said, you know what, Jess is one of the hardest working athletes I've seen. This girl, she's insane in the workload that she will take on on race day but it's just how she is and I've also heard rumours that sometimes you'll do a park run and then stay on and do a tempo or some strides <laughs> or some shorter efforts do you really relish in the process and the hard work or for you is it all about just getting that out of the way so you can get to racing yeah um oh it's it's a weird one like I absolutely love training hard like I think that's you know my dad's sessions that are really hard and sometimes I I I can't manage it and other times it just works well um but I think that's what the brilliant like having my dad as my coach is really good because I can just say you know what I can't do this or that's too much or like why are you trying to kill me or you know like it's it's just I can be totally (laughs) honest whereas I think with another coach it's always a bit difficult I don't want to come across as like soft or you know not able to work as hard as other people so it is quite nice but then I think we like use I like racing I absolutely love racing and that's something that we found the last couple of years I haven't done quite as much of like I've often trained and then you know saved all my races and then when they haven't gone as well I just find that that's you know I've got nothing to show for all my hard work so we kind of said we'll just race um and then we'll use it as a training session or you know something like that so uh with Bucks that was the aim there we just said oh we'll do the 800 I wanted to try and you know, try and win that, which I just did. It was like it was oh, very it was close. So close. Yeah, I always, I couldn't believe it. Like I always move out as well. Like in lane one, if I'm in the home straight, I think where I get tired, I just drift out into lane two, and um, yeah, I nearly, I nearly lost that one. But that was that was a great race to be in. And then we just said, oh, you know what, we could do with a bit of endurance work as well. Um, so we just said, oh, we'll do the five k, uh, which was made a bit difficult by being in like the B race. Cause I thought I'll just sit in and you know see what happens but I had to actually just go out and run as well as yeah, I could. it turned into a time trial <laughs> yeah so that was quite good but yeah I think with uh the world trials we kind of had the same idea that you know if something went wrong in the 15 or it didn't quite go to plan then don't worry there's another op- like option you know, there's another way 
a race to run um and that worked yeah it worked really well and I, I got a lot out of it and um I always like running like that so yeah I'm, I'm really lucky that not my body can just handle that sort of stuff really were you tempted after you'd qualified for the world championships in the 15 to sort of biff off the later race or is that just not the way that you operate um yeah well it was weird because it kind of it went so much better than I thought and I I was so happy and then and then I remember being so tired because it's like it was like a relief as well as happiness that I got in and I cried and then I realized like oh actually I'm exhausted now like the whole emotion of it was just so exhausting and then I went on like the podium and that was really nice and then all of a sudden I remembered that I'd entered the five as well and I was like (laughs) ah I've actually got a 5k to run and so I ran off and then like found my dad and I was like what do you want me to do and he was like oh it's up to you like if you want to run you can and uh we weren't sure whether I you know because I'd already declared we weren't sure whether there was like I could get disqualified there were a couple of people saying I could get disqualified from the 15 if I didn't do the five and I thought surely not but um yeah we thought oh we won't leave it to chance we'll just we'll just do it and then if I struggle I'll just pull out but I really I didn't want to be one of those people to pull out of a race and um I just I absolutely loved it as well it was just another you know top quality race and I haven't done many 5k's at that level so yeah it worked really well and I felt great until 600 to go and I thought I can't I can't pull out now like I've got so close so I just have to carry on (laughs) well good for you and I think lots of people had a lot of gripes with this year's British champs because of a lack of turnout both from spectators and from athletes so for someone like you an international athlete in your own right to secure a qualifying place for London and then to go on and do a five I'm sure that made a lot of people's days that's a really solid shift a really good day in the office (laughs) thank you (laughs) That was your highlight. What would you say the low light was of this year? I'm struggling to find one looking at your results, but what would you say it was? Um, I'd probably say Anniversary Games wasn't very good. Uh, that was literally the week after... Yeah, the week after trials. Um, we kind of just went there thinking, oh, you know what, I'll just go off hard and see how long I can hang on. Um, and then I went off fast did like 800 fast and then just thought oh no like this is awful um my, my legs have gone and we like in hindsight we probably worked too hard in between so I think I did like three sessions between um the trials and anniversary games which was probably a bit too much even <laughs> even for me <laughs> yes. um but I think we needed to get a bit of training in for the world so it was kind of like we didn't want to back off too much but then we also you know shouldn't have worked too hard but we just got it a little bit wrong um and I was just so disappointed because sort of everyone you know came past me right at the end and I just thought oh that's you know I'm racing here in a couple of weeks time like that's not a great way to you know set it up so that was a bit disappointing but I kind of just brushed it off um got on with training you know we used it as a chance to see what I wasn't very good at and I think we were probably a bit harsh because I think I was quite tired anyway but we just said you know endurance isn't quite there we need to work on getting through 400 meters feeling fast like I was just doing sets of 400s and we said you know let's make that five or 600s instead so we kind of changed that up a bit um which you know it's probably a blessing that it didn't work as well (laughs) 
Uh, and it, you know, I managed to move on, which was really good. You definitely did because your run in London, um, I snuck off from work. I say snuck off. I keep saying this when I talk to athletes who are at the World Championships and it makes it sound like I did no work. I was given permission to come and watch the 1500 heats and I came to watch you. And I was just wondering if you could talk me through what it was like producing that run. Because you were the first British runner in action, if I remember correctly, at the World Champs. What was it like to go out with, well, to come in with such a bang? Oh, yeah, it was, oh, it was just absolutely amazing. Like, I, I can't even begin to, like, explain the noise was just crazy. And um, <laughs> I, I just remember being so, so nervous, like, before, because uh, I hadn't seen my start list. And I was like, oh, you know, it could be fine. Like, I might be okay. You know, I could get through. And then the day before or the night before yeah I saw my start list and I could you know like when you're reading something and your heart's just pounding like I could just feel my heart pounding and I was like oh no like there's so many people in this race Mm, I don't it was a stacked heat yeah I just it was the best race I've ever been in and I just thought I cannot believe that this is the heat of the the world (laughs) champs I just I felt a bit annoyed just because I thought I'm not going to qualify and then we went for lunch the next day like on race day me and my dad and he was like how do you think you're going to have to run it and I just said I think I'm going to have to take it out and just see what happens because it's such a great race and you know it's a a great race to be in and whatever happens then at least I've given it a go and he was like oh I feel exactly the same way so that's all you can do and we kind of just went for it as a one-off race you know like just give it everything and see where I can come in it and so to qualify was just oh it was absolutely amazing but yeah I was just so happy and I think I was also a bit nervous that I was going to be the first one from GB up and then the first one out as well so I really didn't want to like go out of the competition that early or you know let anyone down or anything like that so I kind of just thought if I if I run the best I can then maybe we can get through and yeah and it worked which was really nice and the crowd was just amazing like I couldn't you know, hear anything apart from them. And, uh, yeah, it worked really, really well. Boy, did it. And when you looked at the clock, I imagine that was a cherry on the cake. Yeah. To see that time. That was, oh, that was crazy. Just, I think, I knew it was quite fast with a lap to go, but through 800, it wasn't really that quick. It was okay, but it wasn't, you know, like record pace for me. It was just an average kind of 800 split. So I must have really, you know, round it up and... um all I had thinking in the last lap was come on just hang in and then I get to do this all over again so I was like just trying to qualify top six and then I could hear the crowd again the next day and yeah it worked and it was just it was amazing like just to be there and like the response from it was just unreal like everyone was really nice and really supportive and yeah that meant loads to me so it was lovely how could they not have been it was so gutsy it was absolutely great and I think everyone Coming into these champs, I feel awful for Laura Muir because everyone was hyping her up and talking about her absolutely incessantly. And then I think you came out and produced that and people who don't follow athletics religiously went, oh, like, crap, we've got loads of really, really good middle-distance runners. So the people who just come along because they fancied a day out of the world champs, you know, you really flew the British flag and got things off to a great start. So, of course, people were positive. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I just... I think that's probably the most stacked the 15 has ever been. Um like just looking at past like performances and stuff and I think it was always you know that I think Laura both Laura's in the final ran absolutely amazing and it was like I don't mm. think people realised quite how full that field was with like talent and you know it was just ridiculous anyone could have won I think it, it 
pretty much come down to your positioning and um but being in the stadium for that final was just amazing like cheering on and like both Laura's and yeah the crowd was oh it was crazy so I think that was a big incentive to try and get there next time Mm. so (laughs) yeah I lost my voice something dreadful at the final screaming at them both but you're right it was a fantastic race so you had the heat which probably blew away any of your expectations was just absolutely incredible and then you hit the semi-final for me kind of the lasting image is of Laura helping you off the track afterwards and you were clearly absolutely exhausted (laughs) and devastated how frustrating was it having to have led out your heat the day before and then to come out again and not have a Klosterhalfen or anyone else who was willing to take it on for the semi and have to do all that work all over yeah it was it was difficult because we weren't really sure how to run the semi-final. We pretty much thought I was going out in the heat and we we, we kind of <laughs> just planned for, you know, giving it everything and seeing what happens. But I remember in the heat, the last sort of 150, looking up at the screen and thinking, oh, I've, I could qualify here. So that I think that's the only thing I'm so annoyed about because my PB could be better because I kind of just, you know, finished the race. I didn't sprint or anything. Mm. I just sat in there um obviously I was tired but I think you know there was a little bit left whereas the next day there was absolutely nothing left and I ran like 410 or, or something so um it was difficult we said again we, me and my dad met for lunch on the day and we, we said how are we going to do this and I just said I'd rather go out and give it a go than uh and you know fade away which I ended up doing then sit in try and kick and then not qualify and I didn't want people being like oh well why did you do that it worked so well doing it the other way the day before it was just a difficult one I didn't want to check I didn't want to go out the way yeah I just I thought I might as well give it a go and see what happens and if I if I wasn't going to make it through at least you know it was my way of running that didn't work so um we kind of just went exactly the same and I felt really good until a lap to go and then everything just started shutting down I remember thinking this is really really painful and I can't remember the last 100 metres at all. Like, I just can't, I wow. can't remember it. Like So I knew I'd given it everything and that was all, yeah, all I could ask for really. But I was so grateful for Laura to help me off the track because my legs were so, so tired and she was so nice. I remember thinking, oh, I don't want to hurt, like, because I, I thought I'm quite a bit taller than her and I was like, I don't want to fall on you if my legs give way and hurt you for the final or something. So I was just oh. thinking, oh, I've just got to try and hobble off as quickly as I can and I, di- I really didn't want to hurt her or anything. So. Oh, that's so lovely. But I think if she hadn't helped you by the looks of your last lap where you really were hurting, you could still be there, Jess. Yeah, I know. I've probably still You could still just still be there. at the London... Yeah. <laughs> just lying on the home straight, you know, waiting for someone to realise that you weren't at training that way. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Oh, it was so... Pe- honestly, my legs... I couldn't walk for two days properly. Um, wow. But, yeah, it was, it was a good experience. And it, it definitely... You know, we then decided that, uh, you know it's all well and good doing really good sessions on one day but we need to back it up the next day so that's something we can go on to do like Mm. this year and try and work on but like we pretty much this year just saw it as trying to get back to any good shape that I can and we'd never expected to get this far so we didn't really plan for that sort of scenario so at least we can plan (laughs) for that going forwards. Have you always been someone really happy to take on a race and be a gutsy runner and if so what gives you the courage on the start line to think you know what I'm going to hit the front and I'm going to stay there. Yeah, I I don't know. I, it's really weird because everyone always says, like, it's really gutsy and you just go over it. And I just think, oh, it's, it's something I've always done. So I haven't really... I don't know. I never really understand 
any different way of running. I kind of just always think, oh, I'll just do that. And sometimes I sit in and I don't, it's just not the same. I think it's always quite nice to just give it a really good go and, and see how long I can hold on for. I, I always used to do that on the cross country when I was younger. Um, just go to the front and see, you know, how long I could hold on for, if I could get round the whole thing at the same pace or if I was fading away. And I think with training, I tend to train that way. Like I'll, I'll go off hard and, you know, it's just trying to hang in there. And especially because it's just me and Rob training together. So if I want to be, if I want to have company, I have to go off quite hard <laughs> So and try and keep up with him. But um, it's just always one of those things I've done. And I think my dad was really nice actually because he was like, if you got through to the final, I would have said sit in. And I thought, oh, that would have been so nice to just run a different way. But um, it, yeah, sometimes it just suits me better to sit in. And other times I think it's just nice to get out and give it a really good go and I absolutely love doing that at London and um at the trials it was nice as well the way I ran that and it's just different ways of racing I think I need to try and get a bit better at sitting in that I'm quite tall and my stride's quite long so I find it quite difficult to sit in um Mm. but yeah we've been working on that a bit over the winter and stuff like that so I'm hoping that come next year I can have maybe different ways of racing and just to work on my speed and try and get that speed a bit better so you know that I can maybe leave it to a sprint or I'll see what happens but yeah I I, I think I'll always kind of revert back to just going off quite fast and seeing what happens. (laughs) (laughs) Well it's clearly paid dividends this year but I completely agree that by broadening your arsenal and the different races you've got up your sleeve it puts you in such a great position coming into what's going to be probably quite a busy season for you in that cross country is going fantastically well and we're definitely going to talk about the Eurocross in a bit but looking at your season as a whole moving into the summer heading to the Gold Coast which must be really exciting which of the other major events are you thinking about? Oh I don't know so like yeah it's kind of a weird season in the fact that I love the cross country and we were like do we still carry on the cross country what we're having to be in like the best 15 shape I can be in by April (laughs) so (laughs) we were thinking probably not like that's a bit difficult to you know to do all of that but um I think I'm gonna do yeah the cross country up until new year then really decide what we want to do maybe just do some cross countries as fitness like the training sort of side of it again um and then what we've yeah, Commonwealth, so I'm really excited for that, for the 15. Hopefully I can get into a fast shape before, yeah, for April, which is it seems really early. And then I think the Europeans will be a really good aim as well, um, mm. just to see whether or not, if I do get into that shape in April, whether I can hold that on till the summer. But it's a long time to stay fit and healthy for, so we're kind of just going to take that as it as it comes and see what happens and... Um, I think whatever happens, I think by September I'll be ready for a holiday. So I think that's my my aim is just to to get there and think, oh, that was a really good year. Now I can just have a bit of time to myself. Yes, because it was Hawaii last year, wasn't it? If you thought about this year's destination. Oh, yeah. Um, Oh, I don't know. We really want to go back to Hawaii. It was absolutely incredible. So we were like, we want to go back. But um, yeah, I'm not sure where we'll go this time. I think we probably couldn't go back to Hawaii straight away. Um, <laughs> oh, what a difficult predicament, Jess. I know. So it'll be <laughs> nice. But I think, yeah, Rob is going to come out to Australia um, to watch. But we're in the process of like buying a house. So I think we're kind of going to have to, to scrap that idea and just focus on buying a house and stuff like that. So we might just end up going like Cornwall or somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> there is nothing wrong with Cornwall. Yeah. You've just mentioned Australia. 
The first time that I reckon you became a bona fide household name, perhaps in slightly athletics cleared up households, was the last Commonwealths, where obviously you had absolute heartbreak in the final. Although I remember you saying in an interview nearer the time that you thought nothing could be worse than finishing fourth in the Commonwealths before you had a European so you were really disappointed in. But this time it's going to be different in the Gold Coast, I'm sure of it, with the shape that you're in and the experience that you've garnered. Have you set yourself a concrete target for those games? Thanks. Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure. I just I think we're going to go to try and make the final, and then once you're in a final, anything can happen. Mm. Um, I just think last time I was so set on getting a medal, um, like that was all that I wanted. Like I just thought medal, medal, um, and then when it didn't happen, it was just oh, it was so upsetting. So I think this time I don't because uh, I think I actually ran quite well, like in the Commonwealths, but I just didn't get a medal. So it was like I don't want to, you know, have to sit there and be like oh well I didn't achieve my target but I actually ran quite well so it's one of those yeah it's one of those difficult scenarios to be in but I think if I can just get to the final and, and see what happens and that'll be a good learning experience and I just whatever happens I've got to think about like last year and the year before was so so difficult just sitting at home not you know not being at the championships or anything like that and just not being particularly fit so uh, whatever happens is going to be better than that so that's exciting. <laughs> there are athletes that are fascinated and motivated by times, sort of numbers on paper, and then athletes like Mo Farah, who are all about championship performances. What motivates you out of the two of those? What gets you through the tough sessions? Um, I think it's, yeah, the performances. that, um, like Especially at the trials, just to come second, I was over the moon, and I didn't expect anything of my time. And then when I saw that we'd actually run the qualifying time as well, I just thought, oh, well, that's crazy. Because like, we, <laughs> we went through 800 in, like, 2.15 or something. So the last lap must have been really quick. And I think that's, with that good performance, it's come really good times. So I kind of just go, you know, for the performance side of it. And it, I think that paid off at, like, New York as well. I just thought, oh, I'll give it a good go on the mile and, and see. And then the time ended up being crazy. So whenever I go with the thought of running a quick time it never really seems to happen so I always I love racing and I just love being in a race and seeing what happens and um you know just giving it everything I can and then seeing where that puts me and I think especially we've just uh done Liverpool and I ran probably the best I've ever run on the cross country but Amelia just ran better and I kind of I really like that because it's I couldn't have done any more um so it's nice seeing where like my performance rates me with other people and Mm. like that was a great race to be in and I just think you know it's those sort of races that I really enjoy being a part of because it's just so unpredictable and the times like you said they really do follow if you're enjoying yourself and you're running the way that you like to run and this season you've set 15 uh, you've set personal bests from the 15 all the way through to the five and you're right that road mile pace was absolutely <laughs> amazing the only one you didn't break this season was the eight and I always used to think of you as an 800 meter runner do you think you're definitely moving towards a slightly more endurancey middle distance races yeah, I think so. Like, I was quite disappointed not to get an 800 uh, PB just because, I, I, I don't know, I thought I could. Like, in training, it seemed to be going really well, but we never really did any pure speed stuff. We always did sort of speed endurance sessions. So I think for, it showed that for the eight, I kind of need to be just quicker over 200 or, you know, 400 and those types of sessions, which I, I don't really enjoy doing just because the gap is so long and... Uh, it just it puts a lot of pressure on each rep, um, so I kind of not, I, I kind, yeah, I don't really do that sort of stuff. Um, but we said, you know, 
we would like to get my 800 speed a bit better so we're going to have to start bringing that in um mm-hmm. but I think it's it's good to just to have a balance and this year it worked quite well like running I think I ran 2-2 like three or four times um and we were like well that's it's a good base like that's that's an all right time 2 is pretty good so <laughs> yeah um we can use that with the 15 um but I think I definitely would like to go under two again I think it's possible I just think to do it I'd have to change my training a bit and it's just getting that balance right what with doing the 5k stuff the 15 stuff and the 8 stuff you know that mm. I don't want to just focus solely on one and lose the other two so kind of just have to work it out some way but I'll leave that to my dad to do <laughs> yeah put all the logistics in his hands and focus on the running maybe yeah exactly we had Nike's breaking two event this year so maybe it could be your breaking two that gets yeah. trending massively for the 2017-18 season yeah no, it, it would be lovely to go under like two again it'd just be oh it, it would be really nice because then it'd be all three pbs but um yeah, I think I think it's possible. I just have to wait and see. It might just take a bit longer to crack than the others. <laughs> Lovely to have it in the bag, though, which I believe makes you the fourth British woman ever. I don't know if you know this about yourself to go sub two for the eight and sub nine for the three. Oh wow! No, yeah, that's quite cool. <laughs> I know you're part of a niche little club there. You mentioned Amelia Goretzka, who's making a return with absolute aplomb. Um, and I cannot wait to watch the two of you running because I think it's a really fascinating rivalry and friendship. You also had that rough patch a few years ago, and I don't want to talk about it much because it's in the past and you're on a dizzying ascent at the moment. Um, but could you tell me what you've changed since then that's meant that you've been able to come back in such style? Yeah, I think it's just some of those things. Like sometimes you take it for granted when everything's going really well, and then all of a sudden you just sort of get on a, a downward spiral and you, you don't really realise you're on it until it's probably a bit too late. And it, it was really difficult because I think after 2014, I was just so tired of like running and just the sessions were quite intense and that suits some people. But just for me, I don't think it just, it didn't suit me and I just kind of didn't enjoy it as much. Um, so then I kind of went to uni and just, yeah, had a good time and, enjoyed myself and it was one of those where running wasn't everything you know I had other things Mm. to do and studying I was sort of getting to grips with balancing my time a bit better because before that I had a gap year um and just focused on running uh so it was it was quite difficult getting the balance right and then I kind of just joined in with like group sessions and I didn't realize that it wasn't working for me until it was probably a bit too late and I kind of lost my speed and things like that and then everything just started going wrong one after the other and then injuries and things but um to be honest I think it was good that it worked out that way because now I know what works for me and what doesn't and I don't have to waste any more time looking for certain sessions being like oh is that working or because I I just know um so now like when after I think when was it 2016 we we just said that was a terrible year (laughs) that was really bad (laughs) um like that's the worst it's got and dad was like well we'll just go back to basics and see what happens and uh I remember that George Gandhi was really really nice and just said yeah just do you know what you want to do uh so I kind of went back and with my dad and we just worked on getting fit and like the sort of cross-country background we just said first of all we want to get good at the cross-country um that was you know didn't put any major targets out there and that worked really well and managed to end that season with a win at nationals and into counties and just thought oh okay the season you know I've I've got something out of this season already 
And then going on to the track, like my 3K PB that I got was 8.52, I think, the first sort of 3K yes. I did. And I just thought, oh, that's a good sign. Like everything's going <laughs> well. Um, mm. And it kind of just started from there. Like it, every race, I think I just got a bit of like positivity behind me and just thought, yeah, I can actually do this. And I think using all the disappointment from the last two years, it was it was nice. And I, I just saw running as sort of a release and uh, all that hard training that I'd done with my dad. And oh, it was just, we had so much work to do just because I wasn't in a good place. Um, I think we went to Devon in the summer of 2016 when Rio was on. I ran like I did three five hundreds and they were so slow like they were so so slow and now I do like six five hundreds quicker than that like with half the recovery and (laughs) you know it's just a massive change and I think that's why I can't take anything for granted just because we have come so far in such a short space of time so yeah it's it's really nice and I'm I'm really happy for Amelia as well and you know (laughs) if there was anyone to beat me at uh, Liverpool I'm, I'm really glad it was her because you know she she worked really hard and yeah everyone I think it's nice because people just take it for granted that each year you're going to have the same performances and when it doesn't go well I think people don't really know what to say and you kind of just become a bit isolated and think oh no one believes in me anymore so then when to come back and yeah and run well it, it's just, it just means the world. I'm chatting later this morning to Bobby Clay who is someone who's in her piece about her osteoporosis struggles for Athletics Weekly, used a lot of the same language you've just used there, talked about being isolated, talked about being happy to see other people making comebacks. And I think athletics, exactly as you said, as a journey, as a linear journey, you know, there are enormous ups and enormous downs, peaks and troughs. And we've spoken to the Hiltons on this podcast. We've spoken to Tiana Bartoletta. Like, it's really, really difficult. And I think as the public, we only really see the success because that's when we watch the major championships when you're in championship shape and don't understand the graft that goes on behind the scenes and how tumultuous that can be what would you say to anyone listening to this who's having an off year either through injury or just from not being at peak form yeah I think I would just say that you have to remember you know why you do it like I I love running just because it's you know it's something I enjoy my family do it um I'm really lucky, you know, to have a sport that allows me, you know, to be really independent and you're just reliant on yourself. And I think when you're having a bad, like, patch and it's not going to plan, just not to get too down about it. Like, you do it because you love it, not for success all the time. So um, I think you just have to believe in yourself. Like, you've got there once. Like, there's no reason why you can't get back there again. Um, It just depends on, you know the timings what's happening injuries you just it is it all comes together and I think when it does all come together you just can't take it for granted because you just never know when it you know when something's around the corner so I think as long as you just enjoy every single moment um even like the hard work and you know everyone says oh it's such hard work training I think it is but it's not so much hard work like if you enjoy it if you enjoy it it's just another day doing something you love so you kind of put all that behind you and just you know get there eventually but I just think I'm really glad that I I didn't give up and I kept working and just kept believing in myself because it paid off in the end and um, hopefully it can you know keep going forwards but yeah we'll see. That's lovely advice. And I've seen Bobby tweeting saying, would people stop complaining about difficult intercessions? I'd give anything to be running. How important do you think it is that she's shared her experience and been brave enough to put pen to paper about what's going on with her career? 
Yeah, I think it's really important, especially I think there's a really big issue with uh, like young girls and, you know, it's it's difficult. I think everyone wants to be the best now. It's not, there's no, you know, longevity in it really. Everyone just wants the success straight away and it, it doesn't it doesn't happen like that. And I think people forget that it's a, you know, it is a journey and you want to be fit and healthy when you're, you know, in your 20s, 30s, you don't, you know, it, it, it doesn't just happen in your teens. So um, I always used to get really annoyed about people saying, oh, she's a great junior, I like about myself, and then saying, but she won't get to senior level. And it's like, well, why not? Like, I think it instead of saying stuff like that, it people should be looking at why that, you know, why there isn't that change between the junior and senior you know mm. it should be people looking at the progression rather than just saying oh he's a good junior but it won't translate to senior level it's like well why won't that like there obviously is reasons that that doesn't happen and instead of saying that people should be looking at those reasons and I think it's really good for people to come out and say actually it's it's not as easy as you know as it seems to make like senior teams or things like that so it is really good that you know Bobby shared her story and I think it can encourage others to you know just take it easier and not you know not put too much pressure on yourself or try and get everywhere straight away and um I think yeah I think it would make the sport a lot healthier as well like people you know people just start learning about everyone's journeys mm. and not taking it for granted you know I hadn't thought about it like that that's such a good point because you hear all the time oh fantastic junior let's hope they can transition well when either that's incredibly dismissive and must be frustrating for the athletes and coaches involved just to bat away, you know, a decade of really hard work as a junior, or it's symptomatic of an actual problem within the sport, in which case it needs addressing, and we shouldn't just throw away that comment when actually, you know, people's health, people's happiness is really at risk here. Yeah, I think it's it's just difficult because there's obviously a reason that it doesn't quite work, and whether that's, you know, it, it can translate to going to uni, like finding different interests. Like there were lots of people I used to run with, when I was sort of 14, 15, and then, you know, they just find different things that they enjoy, and so they drop out that way, but, you know, I think you have to look at it really from a sort of grassroots level and think, why aren't these, like, top juniors making it at a senior level? And then you can kind of sort of, back, you know, backtrack and, and see what actually happens, and I think that will make it a lot better rather than, you know, say, getting to that point and thinking, oh, well, we've got no great seniors that have come from a junior level it's like well why you know you've got to try and find mm. in between somehow um so hopefully we're, we're starting to get there and um yeah I'm I'm glad that you know everyone's sort of sharing their story on how hard it is to to keep going because yeah like you said everyone just kind of sees the the peaks that people don't see the lows and people don't really tend to care about the lows either they kind of just you know if you have a bad race and there's someone else who's had a good one and it's those you know that get the attention and stuff so I think yeah it's it's interesting but I'm, I'm hoping that it's sort of developing in a way that it can encourage more people to keep going completely agree let's talk about something more positive who else in British middle distance running really excites you yeah I think it's crazy that to to qualify for teams now you have to pretty much be you know the best in the world um just to get mm. on the team uh I think uh Laura Muir and Laura Waitman just purely because I, I've never quite managed to beat them uh so <laughs> they're, they're running really really well um and I just think I don't know, I'm interested to see uh, Laura Waitman in the 5k I think she ran such a great 5k in the summer just gone um 
so that'll be really exciting and I think she is someone that works incredibly hard and that sort of motivated me to you know work just as hard or and in training sessions I always think why am I working as hard as the people I'm racing against (laughs) um so I think both of them will run really well and it's nice actually because like Laura Muir is doing I think the world indoors or aiming for the world indoors and then you know Laura Wakeman's aiming for Commonwealth so it's quite nice when there's loads of different events that people are working towards because you can kind of just get behind everyone and it I don't I think it's it's a really nice little group to be honest everyone wants the best you know for each other which is nice um and the male side has just sort of taken off again and uh, I think especially over the marathon it'd be interesting to see how that develops um, we've, I, I can't really remember ever having like marathon runners up there no. and now we've got a few so that's that's really really exciting I mean just off you know off the top of my head I can name five British marathon runners all of whom are going to feature in international marathon fields now and it's, it's going to be brilliant we can actually have British runners vying for medals amongst themselves in a marathon and I like you said I can't remember the last time that happened I don't know if there's been a time when that's happened in the last 50 years or so yeah I think it is it is crazy how it works I think you kind of as soon as some it showed I think within the 15 when Laura Muir really stepped it up everyone else kind of stepped it up and especially going into this summer loads of people got the 1500 time and I mean in 2016 that that time not many people got it so it just shows that when someone raises a game, everyone else raises the game as well, and it it works really well. So, um, yeah, I'm really excited, and I think it's it's nice also to see the people that run on the track, and it's been nice seeing them do the cross country too, um, because at first I thought I was the only person that did the cross country, and then <laughs> in the you know the guys like there's quite a few there who you know have done the track races and are still doing the cross country, so that it's quite nice and. Um, yeah, I'm just, I'm really excited to see what will happen. <laughs> Where it's so competitive, getting funding as well as selection is really, really difficult. But I know that you actually turned down UK funding. If you don't mind my asking, what was the reasoning behind that decision? Yeah, um, it was just on those. I'm really happy with like my setup, and um, I'm not like saying that funding, you know, is a bad thing or anything. But I just think for me, it just doesn't sit very well. Um, I, I was really lucky um this year to have such a great team behind me at Loughborough and I've got my dad and uh you know all like my boyfriend and everyone has really stuck by me when it wasn't going so well and I think for me when I got taken off of funding I was I think I just turned was it 21 or yeah I was only 21 and I got taken off and that was really hard because it was basically I saw it as people saying that in a four-year period I was never going to get back to making teams or being in finals and I just thought four years is such a long time um mm. that for to basically you know be seen as not having that capability um was really hard for me to deal with and probably made you know it a lot worse and I like, I think for some people it drives people to get back and be like better and but for me it kind of just put me in a bit of a downward spiral I think because I thought oh well no one believes in me like what's the point um which now I just see as that is just stupid of me, really, because I, I think I've worked really hard, and uh, but I've done it for myself, not to prove anyone wrong. I've kind of done it, you know, for me, just to say, you know, that I can do this, and that's the way I like to run. So I don't want to have to rely on other people um, to say whether I've been good or not. And I just think, 
it just puts too much stress. Like, I always think with Laura Waitman, she's had such a great year and to not be on funding is really difficult. Um, and I, I just didn't want that happening to me. Like, I wanted to have a great year and then not have to worry about whether it was great in the eyes of someone else. Um, so for me, I, I kind of just, I'm happy with my setup. I'm, I'm really, I'm really happy like to be offered. Um, that's really like nice and kind, but I just think it, it doesn't suit me just in case I do end up coming off again. I, I just don't want to be in that downward spiral and I, I just want to do running for me and not for, you know, to see whether I'm in the eyes of someone else, whether I'm good enough or not. Um, as long as I'm good enough for me, that's all that matters. <laughs> <laughs> I really appreciate the honesty that. Of course, just because they're not funding you doesn't mean you can't represent them. And so now I'd like to briefly, because I'm sure you've got lots to be getting on with, um, talk about the cross-country the Euros, which are fast approaching. How are you feeling ahead of those? Yeah, um, I'm excited. Um, it's It'll be different. Um, it's, I think last year I found it really hard because obviously you have to run 8K at the trials and then you have to run 6k on pretty much a flat fast course which is a total change um mm. so yeah it'll be interesting to see if I've got any speed left like training's been going really well um <laughs> good and that's yeah that's all I can really ask for I'm, I'm fit and healthy and we'll just give it a good go but I think it's quite nice that I have two different aims like I have the cross country before the new year and then going into the new year is you know the the track stuff so it's the last race I have before 2018 so I think that's kind of that's really exciting and something to look forward to and um yeah I'm just really happy to be out there and not just trying to make this you know trying to make the team like I was last year it's nice to be in it and hopefully have a good chance to be up there but yeah I won't put any pressure on myself I think whenever I do that it, it doesn't work very well so it'll be it'll just be nice to get a good run out it's a very strong team there's certainly a great chance of you all coming back with some silverware and hopefully something individual for you too so I will be glued to whichever device I can find it on. <laughs> I think it'll be really good I know that the the German team under 23 is really strong as well um so I think it'll be quite a yeah it'll be quite competitive and it's just it's exciting it's nice to see what happens I've never been to Slovakia before so that's also very good would you off. like the weather <laughs> forecast or would you be happier not knowing because I know what it is Oh, it's very cold, isn't it? <laughs> one degree. Sunny one degrees and dry weather leading up to it. And I know that you quite like a dry cross-country course. Yeah, well, as long as it's better than Liverpool, that's not matter. <laughs> that was so hard. Absolutely. <laughs> Mud bath. And then you were wearing compression socks, so I really felt for you in that. Yeah, I, it was Yeah, it was awful. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm excited for it not to be muddy. That would be nice. But um, <laughs> yeah, it'll probably be cold. I'm, I'm not very good at running in the cold, so... We'll have to wait and see about that. I think I think it'll be exciting and yeah, it'll be it'll be nice. Enjoy it. It's a little pre Christmas holiday as well, if you can call cross country running yeah. a holiday, which you probably can because I know that you love it. Yeah, it'll be nice. It gives you a bit of a, a break from uni as well, which will be good. Yeah, so. Definitely. Do you have time for a couple of quick fire questions? Yes, yeah. Alright, so favourite performance you've ever produced? Um probably the 15 at the trials. Favourite post-long run treat? Ooh, um, a hot chocolate. Oh, I love hot chocolate. With cream? Yeah, cream and marshmallows. <laughs> <laughs> the whole lot. Favourite podcast? Yours, Backstreet Good Boys. Good answer. <laughs> I love that. Hardest workout? Um, 
12 by a K are 30 seconds. <gasps> oh, that sounds horrendous. Be honest, have you named your cell culture? Oh, <laughs> uh, no, but my uh, my boyfriend keeps taking a week out of them because they're like uh, a mouse cell line, and so he keeps thinking they're going to grow into mice, so we just call them a little mouse. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of rodents, who's naughtier, Bee or Bailey? Uh, Bee. Yeah, B is definitely naughtier. <laughs> Once you've finished your PhD, will you be a diva and ask for Dr Judd on your racing bibs? <laughs> yes, I was already thinking this. I was like, if I get that, then I'm going to sign off all my emails like Dr Judd. Dr. <laughs> oh, you have to. And then with the little Olympian thing at the end yeah. as well, once you're there, it'll be brilliant. Um, complete the sentence. If I weren't an athlete, I'd be a... Oh, I'd like to... Probably lecturer. I'd like to be a lecturer. Nice. Yeah. Rugby league or Bruce Springsteen? You've got to give up one of them. Oh. <laughs> um, oh, I'd probably give up Bruce Springsteen because then at least I could still, yeah, watch the rugby league. Yeah. Bruce, if you're listening, she found that really tough, so yeah. don't take it personally. <laughs> I know. I, I, oh, I wouldn't like to choose between the two of them. <laughs> This one's even harder, I think. Uh, speaking of Stranger Things, Steve or Jonathan? Uh, Steve, definitely. Good choice. You've both got big hair, so I think you two would be a great match. <laughs> Cross country or track? Uh, track. And finally, tell me and our listeners one thing about yourself that we definitely won't already know. I don't know. I feel like everyone knows everything. <laughs> um, no, I don't know. Can't think. Uh, oh, yeah, my first word was uh, fluff because I couldn't say dog. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that is absolutely adorable. A lovely one to end on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love that. Jess, thank you so much for oh. spending an hour of your busy life when you could be running around in circles or through muddy fields talking to me for the pod. Oh, no worries. Thank you very much. Mm-hmm.